Welcome to Questions About Heaven, a podcast about giving Bible answers to our questions about the afterlife with God. Each week we seek to answer real-life questions with biblical answers about the life beyond this world. Now, here's your host, Brad Zockel. Well, good day to you. This is Brad Zockel, and I really appreciate you joining me here on Questions About Heaven. And we really have been tackling the uh, subject of heaven, haven't we? 203 episodes, I believe, that this one will make officially number 203. And we have been studying this, my dear friends, all back and forth. Isn't it been wonderful as we've been looking at the different truths of the Scripture? And I just absolutely love this Thanksgiving season coming up as we have it coming just within a couple of days here. Let me get my notes over here. And uh, I'm just thinking of the so many, the many, many ways we have been able to thank the Lord as we've seen in the Scripture. I mean, think about it. Ephesians 2.10 tells us we're his workmanship of all me, God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus. I'm created in Christ Jesus. Yeah, the believer gets that uh, promise. Why are we created? For good works. We have been designed to serve in good works, which God has prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Or think about Isaiah 66 and verse 22. For just as the new heaven and the new earth which I make will endure before me, declares the Lord, so your offspring and your name will endure. To the believers, you are given the permanency of heritage, of tradition, your name, your family, another intimation that our families will be recognized in heaven. Think about it. The Lord says this, Revelation 2.17, I will also give him a white stone, and on that stone a new name that is inscribed to the believer. No one knows except for the one who receives it. Intimate, it's also just a a joyful thing, a, a, a wonderful honor the Lord is giving us. And I have this on the screensaver on my laptop, Isaiah 56, verses 5 through 8. The Lord says to those that follow him, I will give them in my house and within my walls a memorial and a name better than sons and daughters. I will give each of them an everlasting name that will never be cut off. With all these wonderful promises, we just have many reasons to come to Thanksgiving and just be joyful. And I want to thank you for your faithfulness, helping me out as we've been going along in our ministry, reaching out to those uh, We have 50,000 downloads on our podcast, which is well beyond anything we thought. Uh, We're we're clearing over 30,000 subscribers on YouTube, 165,000 on TikTok, just short of that right now. 165,000 followers on TikTok. Who would have ever thought about this? But God does miraculous and wonderful things in proclaiming his name and to his glory. So when we look at all these things, I want to thank you so very, very much. And just remind you, if you need to get uh, a message to me, please write me at brad at org, brad at org, And make sure you go over and see our website at theheaventour.com, C-O-M, theheaventour.com. Well, today, as you know, we are continuing on in Revelation 16. Uh, this is, as, after we've seen all of these wonderful things we've been talking about in the first few minutes here, we see something very sobering. And it's found in the judgments, once again, that come upon the people of rebelling. God has placed in this time a series of uh, judgments. Three is the number of completeness, and so is the number of seven. They're combined, and we have 21 
total presentations to man and a call to turn back to God. We are now at the concluding judgment. I'm going to start in Revelation chapter 16 and verse 17 and read all the way down and finish out the chapter. We'll go as far as we can in our study today. Then the seventh poured out his bowl. This would be the seventh angel. The seventh angel poured out his bowl into the air, and a loud voice came out of the temple from the throne, saying, It is done. There were flashes of lightning, rumblings, and peals of thunder, and a severe earthquake occurred like no other since people have been on the earth. So great was that quake. Could you imagine that? The great city split into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell. Babylon the great was remembered in God's presence. He gave her the cup filled with the wine of his fierce anger. Every island fled, and the mountains disappeared. Enormous hailstones, each weighing about a hundred pounds, fell from the sky on the people, and they blasphemed God for the plague of hail, because that plague was extremely severe. We see something that is terrifying here. And people say, could a God that is this loving, could he actually do this? And we see absolutely this is what he can do. And this indeed is what he will do. Now as we are looking into this passage, we have gone up into verse 19 about this incredible earthquake, which actually can be called a heaven quake. And when I finished here, we saw this. The great city split into three parts, and the cities of the nation fell. Babylon the Great was remembered, and what we saw was he gave her the cup filled with the wine of his fierce anger. And when we see this, we saw that he has a settled wrath, he has an explosive wrath, and they're both in here. What's the result of this incredible earthquake, which is shattering cities, splitting them? I saw just recently, as this is November 21st, 2023, and we have looked over in the news at the, the, just the ripping up of whole streets in Iceland as the volcanic underpressure comes up and is just decimating whole acres. And I was stunned at first when I saw it. I thought, surely this has to be some sort of a CGI effect. When you're looking down into deep, you know, the, these deep crevices of this, and this is nothing compared to what's happened. And there is not going to be a warning such as there was in Iceland for people to flee to safety. And that was just one area in Iceland, down in the southwestern section here. It wasn't all, you know, continent-wide. This is a worldwide quake that is going over. We see this when we're looking at the judgments of God and realizing these are now universal. They're going universal over. There has been warning upon warning upon warning, and still people will rebel. It just it continues to happen. All right. Now, when we see this, we were talking about the Babylonian great city, and then we see here the Jerusalem great city. Now, when we see this, when we see the division here, uh, we were talking about that, how the city is split and the cities of the nations fell and great Babylon was remembered before God. So, Jerusalem had fallen. Babylon is falling too. Now, when we look at this, the cities of the great nations that have fallen, 
that's it, when we say ethnic, this word ethnos is the word for nations. And it's talking about all the cities. Then all of these cities are fallen. Now, we see Babylon, of course, would be the capital of rebellion. But the cities, well, where did you side? And just as we saw in the call when Moses said, who's going to stand on this side? Who will be with here? And anybody on the other side is going, in their allegiance away from the Lord is going to be punished. And they were. We see the same thing here. They supported, we're going to see in the next chapter, they're actively supporting the false uh, religions and the corrupt uh, ways of man financially as well. They are drunk, as it says, way back in Revelation chapter 14 and verse 8. Babylon has made people, the nations, drink of the wine of the passion of her immorality. They're reveling in rebellion because what happens is you've joined that team, you take the loss. And this is just an amazing, amazing description of you would go to this metropolitan city in Europe. You'd find this one in North America. You go from city to city. You head down to South America. You head over into the, uh, the, the Far East, and you find nothing standing. Everything is down. And so when we see this, we're finding out that nothing in all of its... You think of the skyscrapers that will topple and the devastation that would happen in that. And then it says the great Babylon was remembered before God. Now, whenever we have the... Uh, we, we look back and we think way back into the rebellion by Nebuchadnezzar, whenever he had rebelled, go back into Daniel chapter 4, and what he said was Nebuchadnezzar, the leader of this Babylon... He said, well, is this not Babylon the Great, which I myself have built as a royal residence by the might of my power and the glory of my majesty? Now, when you think about this, what is great? Jerusalem is great under God. The greatness of Babylon is just in width and in immensity, but it doesn't have power. You know, just more is not always better. Isn't that true? I can recall that you can uh, think about the numbers of things which can actually be a weakness of having too much, and it's the same way here. You can actually have too much. I remember one time whenever we had gone to a food expo for our academy, and I was gifted as the leader of that academy with a block of cheese which was, I think, 80 pounds. We actually had to cut it in the kitchen and put it into the refrigerator. But I didn't realize this. This particular type of cheese had a gas emitting, which actually had heated up the refrigerator. We lost all the food in there, and uh, we lost more than we gained with that cheese. More is not always better. And I'm thinking of the thing that we say, well, we have a greater number. Or as one uh, young man came to the house one time, and he said, you know, our community of atheists and agnostics will overcome the Christians. It's just going to be a matter of time. And I told him, I said, this has never been a race for numbers with the Lord. There has always been a minority that will be faithful to the Lord. We don't look to have a voting. It's not a democracy under God's leadership on this. And in the same way, in all of these cities going down, here's Nebuchadnezzar thinking about greatness. Now we do know this, that when we see the Jerusalem, the wonderful Jerusalem, in Jer Isaiah 62 tells you this, for Zion's sake, I will not keep silent. For Jerusalem's sake, I will not keep quiet. Until her righteousness goes forth like the brightness and her salvation like a torch that's burning. 
the nations in this prophecy will see your righteousness and the kings your glory. And this is talking to Jerusalem. And you will be called by a new name which the mouth of the Lord will designate. You'll be a crown of beauty in the hand of the Lord Zion, a royal diadem in the hand of your God. It will no longer be said of you, forsaken, or your land will it be said desolate, but you'll be called, my delight is in her, and your land married. For the Lord delights in you, and to him your land will be married. Wonderful, wonderful passage here. When we take a look at this in Isaiah 62, that's, that's the promise to Jerusalem. We don't see that with uh, Babylon, though. We definitely do not see that with Babylon. When we see this, we are seeing that remembering before God is not a good way. We kind of always hope that our our parents would not remember the thing that we did early in the morning whenever dad came home or uh, mom uh, had a remembrance of a time of the punishment. Maybe they would forget. We would always be so happy when mom was starting to ream us out and all our six little elementary kids are standing there and somebody would call on the phone and she'd say, just stand there. And then start talking, put her in a better mood. And when she hung up the phone, she was in a mood and she'd say, just remember what I said. And we are like, just thank you, Lord for the interrupting phone call. She forgot the, the, the depth of her anger. Well, it's not going to be forgotten here when great Babylon was remembered before God. The destruction of Babylon will come, and it will come in the next chapters. Because what does it say here? The cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Now, thymu, thymu, that's wrath, and that is, that's, that's really, well, thymu, how can I put it? Think of it as dynamite, destructive, very short, but very, very intent. It's going to come out, all right? So when we see this, that's the word for fierceness. He is going to have an explosive fierceness to this in his wrath. And so it's going to explode out in this uh, when we see how God is going to have a destructive step in what he's doing in his punishments. And how does that happen? Verse 20. Every island fled away and the mountains were not found. Now, I told you earlier in our study, one of the most repeated words in Revelation, one of the two, are like and as. John says, well, it's like a scorpion. It's as if this happened. He's, he will use this because he's going the best he can. Look at this. There's no like or as here. Every island fled away and the mountains were not found. We don't have this as if they did. Now, in the sixth seal, we saw the opening way back in Revelation chapter 6. Every mountain and island was moved out of its place. But now, what happens here? They're gone. They're gone. The mountains are gone. See, they were, they were shifted there, which was devastating enough. They are absolutely gone. Because when we see this, we find that you can find that islands which are just an outcropping from the seafloor, are dropping down? Well, what would this absolutely mean? And how about the collapse of a mountain into a plain, into rubble? This is just absolutely stunning here. And so when we look back, I just think about this. We go back to uh, Jeremiah chapter 4. I'm going to read you a passage here in verses 23 through 28. And this is from the prophet sharing this future, this prophecy of devastation. I beheld the earth, and indeed it was without form and void. Doesn't that sound like Genesis chapter 1? And the heavens, they had no light. And I beheld the mountains, and indeed they trembled. And all the hills moved back and forth. And I beheld, 
and indeed there was no man, and all the birds of the heaven had fled. I beheld, and indeed the fruitful land was a wilderness, and all its cities were broken down at the presence of Yahweh by his fierce anger. For thus says Yahweh, the whole land shall be desolate. I will not make a full end. For this shall this the earth mourn, and the heavens above be black, because I have spoken. I have purposed and will not relent, nor will I turn back from it. Unbelievable. Hard to grasp this terrible, terrible judgment, those. This, when we see this, we are finding out it is so good to be in the safety of the Lord when we see this, because of you know, knowing the wrath of God, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade men. The terror of the Lord, we persuade men. When we see this, we will see in all of this devastation, there will be a renewal, as Jesus says in Matthew chapter 19. There will be the restoration of all things. There will be a, the millennial kingdom will teach us that. We will see this coming up in Revelation chapter 20 when it comes up. The regeneration, when the Son of Man sits on the throne of his glory, you who have followed me will sit on the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. What a promise. Matthew chapter 19 and verse 28. And as I had just shared in a Thanksgiving message when I was on one of the social media, and I had shared a new earth surrounded by new heavens and all of that. And even in the millennial kingdom, you're going to see, even though there would be sin there, lifespans are huge. The desert blooms just like a garden here. What happens? Verse 21, great hail starts to fall. Now think about that. Go back to Exodus chapter 9. What happened? The Lord rained hail on the land of Egypt, and there was hail mingled with fire. So very heavy, none like it, all here. And so what do we see here? What is going on here when we find this? The hail is the weight of a talent. Now that you can have various uh, uh, sizes here, but it would be pretty safe to say we're talking about at least 100 pounds. You have it. Different Bible scholars say, well, some can be around 80 pounds. Uh, sometimes they weighed silver at 120 pounds, and sometimes it went up. Okay, well, let's say this. If you were saying, it would be safe to say it would be around 100 pounds. Could you imagine if your house, your roof, took a hailstone that was just 20 pounds. How many floors would it go down through if you had a multi-storied house? How about a 50 pounds? This is 100. This is an amazing, amazing uh, uh, image that we see here. What's going on here? <coughs> Excuse me. What is happening is those that have blasphemy, those that have fought the Lord are going to find out in a sense, this is sort of a stoning of the Old Testament, but it's hailstones coming from God. What have they done? When they see this, remember what the angel had done, pour the bowl into the air. And so now the judgment is in the air against the prince of the power of the air, and so judgment comes from the air too. This is supernatural judgment here uh, when we see this. When we see Joshua chapter 10, and we were looking at this in verse 11, as they fled before Israel while they were at the descent of Beth Horon, the Lord Yahweh threw large stones from heaven on them as far as Azekah, and they died. There were more who died from the hailstones than those 
from whom the sons of Israel killed with the sword. So, it is. When it comes to fire from heaven comes down in Sodom and Gomorrah, hailstones come down as judgment upon these as well. This is what's going to happen. Now, when we see this, these judgments, we see that God says sometimes he will use instruments such as another army, but this comes straight from the Lord. Now, what happens here? Men blaspheme God. They're being stoned because they blasphemed, and what's happening here? They're blaspheming him again. Now, this is, this is why you see this is over. It says it is done. They are still blaspheming God to the end. They will not give up. The plague that comes up, the plague of this is megale. It means mega is where we get the term, what we use in English. Mega meaning great, huge, strong. Now, when we see this, all of this is not to be taken as just figurative. Think about this. In this earthquake, we start seeing things that are uh, being named in great detail, splitting the city into three parts, and uh, the, uh, the, the weight of this being a talent of 100 uh, pounds and such. Exceeding great, this is what it says, exceedingly great was happening in all of this. Now, what is happening now? We're realizing this is God's wrath. The answer to the prayers of people through all times is happening now. His wrath is coming, and nothing is going to stop it. When we think in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 13, even from eternity, the Lord says, I am he, and there is none who can deliver out of my hand. I act, and who can reverse it? It doesn't matter how much someone has uh, a, a, a hold on social media or has a wit in which they can change things around to make it seem humorous. This doesn't matter. God's wrath is coming, no matter what. It would be like me standing in the middle of the highway holding up my hand on a barreling semi-tractor trailer that's moving nearly 90 miles an hour. Oh, I may stand a certain way, position myself a certain way. It's coming. It's not going to stop. It's going, and there's nothing I can do to make it with my strength to stop it. That's what's happening here. Well, you have to understand this, though. The only thing that will prevent us as individuals from facing this is to come to the safety of Christ. That is, think of it. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 10. We wait for his Son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. That is Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. And if you're listening to this right now and you're saying, all of this judgment seems scary. Well, it should if you're not a child of God through Jesus Christ. My sheep hear my voice and I know them. They follow me. We're following him. John chapter 10 tells us that in verses 27 through 30. And indeed, the reason the, the Christian can say, we don't have a fear here. John 10, 10. Jesus says, I've come to give them life and give it more abundantly. We rejoice in these things here. We don't have to face that judgment because what happened was Jesus, 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 21 he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Thank the Lord we don't have to face this. But may this be a warning against those who feel that they can blaspheme God, ignore God, and get away with it. So that concludes our teaching in Revelation chapter 16. We're moving on to 17 and seeing more specific judgments, zeroing in on certain 
entities on the earth. An amazing thing. I want to thank you. This has been a very, very instructive time, and I appreciate your patience on this. And uh, we will be starting our Nativity Story in just a few podcasts to walk us through an Advent devotional up till Christmas time. I hope if I don't get to talk with you later on, I want you to enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday. God bless you. Thank you. And Lord willing, we'll talk soon. In order for the Heaven Tour to continue fulfilling our mission, we humbly ask for your support. Your generosity allows us to continue to proclaim and explain the biblical truth of heaven and to mentor many. All eligible donations are tax deductible, so please prayerfully consider an end of year gift. You can send your gift to the Heaven Tour, P.O. Box 795 Pickens, South Carolina 29671. Thank you and have a blessed Thanksgiving.